So just another hour and a half Star Wars and then get yeah. the bridge side. Da, 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 da. You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Brian Gill, what's the movie of the day, I guess, this week? This week's or today's movie of the day slash week is Tom Hanks, Steven Spielberg, Double American Treasure, Bridge of Spies. We're back less than 24 hours later, Brian. We are. Look at us. Just so committed to this. Richard is with us this time. I'm here. I thought I'd let you guys have an hour alone to just sort of... (laughs) I haven't seen the trailer yet either, so... Oh my goodness. You're lying. I ha- I not I'm avoiding it. I don't want to see it. No, that's true. I'm I'm, I'm proud of you. I can't do. It. I, because I wanted. I'm to telling you, you're going to see it in the theater uh, a few okay. in a few days when we see our next movie. So be it. But I'm not going to seek it out yet. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna roll the dice. I didn't really seek it out either. It was just kind of slapped me in the face <laughs> like for four, 48 straight hours. Yeah. Everywhere I looked, it, there it was. I thought so. Picard was an interesting add-on from the screenshots I've seen. Picard? John Luke? Star Trek? What? I like it. Oh, I'm sorry. that I don't... That's not... You're going to be real surprised uh, when yeah. you're sitting you're in You're doing the a bit. I get it. I get it. And Vin Diesel pops up in the new Star Wars. You'll have <laughs> had no clue. Hopefully that happens. Kent, I saw you last night from like uh, 100 feet away. You did. You did a funny dance. It was, a, it was adorable. I was doing the yes, yes, uh, Daniel <laughs> yeah, Bryan dance. Absolutely, as you should be. <laughs> that was a fun time. We need to we need to do a side podcast, Matt, about <laughs> WWE three times a year. <laughs> yeah, Ken and I went. You guys to have the, fun uh, with that. The local WWE event. We both scored tickets, and you can't say no to that. And I had a blast. Did you have fun, Ken? I enjoyed it immensely. More than I enjoyed it, I'm just fascinated by the entire thing. Like the just what it's become the empire that it is i it's just it's just crazy to witness i'm not a huge i don't get emotionally involved in any no, matches but just no. to experience and see it and all the commercials they throw at you I know. just the action figures and the flintstone specials and the blu-rays and the video and games the yeah. side project like one-off biopics that they do of every wrestler and uh, i mean it's unbelievable the amount it's of marketing the best everything run company in america probably it's crazy promoting itself and I will say I was just captivated by um, the production, the scale of it, the amount of employees that are running that at all times. Yeah. For just, and the fact that they do that hundreds of times a year actually baffled my brain. And if any of you are interested, ser- I mean, ser- this part I'm 100% serious on because obviously Kent and I go to see wrestling ironically with, a, with tongue firmly planted in cheek. But if you're interested, I assume that a large percentage of our listeners like are interested in potentially going into film production or television production. If wrestling comes to your town, if WWE comes to your town, you really should go and just like watch it, watch the production of it, because it's it's an incredibly efficient. It's basically a live taping for um, 50,000 people. Like yeah. if you're going to live like Conan O'Brien show taping or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, except there's 50,000 people yeah. there. And it's all live on TV part. too, not like edited, not like live to tape, like they're going to yeah. air it, yeah. you know, next week or whatever. It's all like live in prime time, so that gives it another exciting element. Yeah. If you if you listen to our show because you think we get a lot of like teenage and college listeners like, I'd like to be a cameraman one day or edit mm-hmm. or do something mm-hmm. like what Kent does, seriously, go watch Raw live. 
hundred percent. Yeah. You'll you'll come away with a either terrified and you'll never you'll choose a different career or even more inspired. <laughs> what what struck me about it though most, and this is the last thing I'll say about it uh, before we move on, it's just that, like you said, Richard, we're there on a Monday night watching it, and you're like, you're thinking, well, they got to do this again on Thursday in a different city. Yeah, you I know? know, and then again and they on do, Sunday, they do non televised shows as well. Right. So there, there's you know, there's stops in between. I just yeah. gotta imagine. Speaking of movies, like a guy like The Rock, I mean, imagine going from wrestling to being in movies every day. I mean, it's just nonstop. You're you're yeah. just constantly working. I mean, those people are are, you know, on the road all year. Um, I, I think they rarely come on. They might come in shifts, and you know, yeah, they sure. shifts with storylines and things that they're doing, but. It's amazing, and what's more amazing to me is the writing of it all. How yeah. they, I don't know how they sit. Okay, now you're gonna throw him <laughs> against the ropes, and you're gonna duck under him, and you're gonna, you know, yeah, you're gonna fake an injury here, and it's like I want to be in those writing rooms or writing sessions. I bet that's a blast. But Absolutely. it's, it's and, just fun. And I stayed an extra probably thirty minutes or so. Can it ended at ten oh five on the dot? Because like yeah. you said, it's a, it's a TV taping. And it was the teardown started at 10 06. Yeah. <laughs> and I guarantee you that huge rig and giant jumbotron and all the stuff they travel with is probably on a truck going somewhere by 1 a.m. Yeah. No, I, I it's amazing and yeah. very impressive. So I, I just sat there. Like wa- I would watch to. a three hour documentary on the logistics of the traveling car. I would ruin the illusion. They'll never do that. Hopefully they do someday. They don't do really any behind the scenes stuff because yeah. it ruins the illusion of what they're trying to trying to show you but man it's it is fascinating yeah so good to have you back but brian and i good brian and i did talk for over an hour about star wars yesterday so thank you for checking that on the podcast feed subscribe to our podcast on itunes to get that episode and uh i hope you enjoy that but we are here for our regularly scheduled programming now talking spielberg the second spielberg film we've talked about on the show the first of being lincoln which i believe is our second episode we did oh, yeah. for Mad About Movies. We had talked about other, maybe Spielberg on the radio, but not in the offshoot uh, Mad About Movies podcast. So only the second Spielberg movie we were officially talking about, New Spielberg. We've talked about his other work before sure. Jurassic Park, Jaws in the past mm-hmm. yep. uh, in separate episodes. So excited to talk about this one. We have a guest joining us, and he will be joining us for the Bridge of Spies portion of the show. We're yep. excited to have him. We'll introduce him at that time. But we do have a little bit of movie news to talk about. Uh, a few small things. Uh, Brian, you want to kick us off here? Yeah, we can't get Richard's thoughts on the Star Wars Force Awakens trailer because he hasn't seen it yet. So I'm assuming he thinks it's great, just like us. Um, Richard, I'll just tell you, I had the same thought as you. I almost didn't watch it. I watched it for the podcast last night, but mm-hmm. I almost didn't watch it. I watched it, and I f- don't feel like... I, I got anything ruined. Like, man, I, that could have waited. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's just really cool. Like, every scene that you see is like one second. It's just like hit after hit after hit of different okay. images, really. And it's very little plot that they give away. There's no like villain, you know, motive reveal or anything like that. I mean, it's, it's, it was very non spoilery, more than, less so than a lot of third trailers that you typically see. Just, yeah, that's definitely. what, that's my opinion I would give you. Um, so, if you do want to see it, don't hesitate, but you will eventually. But yeah, can't do that. So we do have some other uh, movie news, I guess, reboot news. This is a you and Richard topic. I'm just going to hop off here and be my microphone, and <laughs> I'll uh, talk mostly, to you guys in about five minutes. Richard. Go ahead. Mostly Richard. Okay, go. 
We're getting a uh, a Gilmore Girls reboot. Yeah. Or uh, I don't. What 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 is it exactly? Is it is it? Uh, I've heard it's like four ninety minute movies on Netflix. Okay. Uh, that that I I you know my um I did watch Gilmore Girls. I you know Roy Gilmore was my first girlfriend. Um, we had a tumultuous eight year run together, uh, yeah. or so seven year run, something right. um, throughout middle school and high school. Uh, so, but the last season, I didn't even you'll know. never stop hating Pete Campbell for leaving her. <laughs> no, I'm Which actually fine. Working. I'm not, I don't have any interest in Alexis Bledel. It's just <laughs> Rory Gilmore. So I hate I- fictional characters on the show, <laughs> but I'm fine with, I don't have any interest in her. So I'm fine with uh, Vincent Carthizer, but I will say that um, uh, I'm interested in this. I didn't really know the drama, apparently, of the last season of Gilmore Girls, that the the creator was essentially forced out when they went from WB to CW. So she didn't get to, like, finish it. The finale was not how she planned on ending it at all. So if anything, it's like her way of I know the guy that played Richard Gilmore uh, is passed this year, but uh uh, it, it's giving her a chance to wrap it up proper Netflix is, but I, I, you know, these things from a business side of things, aside from Gilmore girls, um, Netflix, they, it, it proves that they know exactly Gilmore girls has been on Netflix streaming for like two years. It, it proves that, Oh, people are watching this. Let's yeah, approach them definitely. and see if they want to do more. That seems to be the Netflix model of throw something on there. If it's streamed a lot, would they be interested in reviving it? And that's interesting. Definitely. This brings me to a, actually a point that I just added so to the uh, everyone watch MacGruber order MacGruber. Yes. <laughs> I'm telling you, if MacGruber made it to Netflix, it would it would blow up, and they would. Yeah. Man, how great would a MacGruber TV series be? <laughs> Twenty two minutes a week. God, that would be all those wrestlers. That would be the ultimate. Yeah, that would. <laughs> um, speaking of of reboots on on the internet, I saw the Variety reported earlier today. Actually, right before I, I jumped on the air with you guys, I was reading this. Apparently, Yahoo has lost fifty million dollars on Community. Ooh, on bringing it back. That's not what you want. A lot of shows. Uh, Community was the first kind of big one that said, "Screw you guys, we're going to the internet." You know, um, or actually, NBC said, "Sorry, we're not reading your contract," and they said, "Then screw you guys." You know, <laughs> and they went to Yahoo Screen. I believe. First of mm-hmm. all, not the not the brightest, not the number one destination. I will say it's probably number seven on the list of streaming services you want your show to go to. Right. On the list: Netflix, Amazon, you know, iTunes, Crackle, a lot of stuff. Hulu, you know, ahead of ahead of Yahoo Screen. But uh, having said that, big loss for Yahoo. It looks like probably won't get picked up again for another season if they had not committed to what they have. Already, sure. Just and, need to do um, that movie so we can get six seasons in a movie. Just it, finish it out. And I think we were all under the impression or under the opinion at the time, Community was done when it was done. It shouldn't have ever yeah. gone to the internet. Um, yeah. They tried like four times to bring it back, and various success with each time. But I think it was done. That was just a dumb move to bring it back anyway. Even though it did have a very dedicated and loyal fan base and vocal fan base. Uh, yeah. What do we think this means for? Other shows getting rebooted online. I, I don't know how well, in the big scheme of things, Arrested Development did. I know, mm-hmm. like, right at the beginning, you know, they got a lot of hits. You know, it was very buzzed about at the beginning. I don't know, money-wise, how that worked out for Netflix. Yeah, it's so hard to figure out 
that piece. I, I mean, obviously, they're, they're interested in doing more, so it must have done decently. The one to watch in terms of the, the tipping point it's on the this Mindy is, project. is the Mindy Project. Yeah. yeah. With Hulu, because that's a big... That's a big name, right? Hulu is one of the two is the two biggest players. Maybe uh, two of the three. I guess Amazon's big too. But Hulu's big, and that's a big network show. And to see how that one does, like I said, Community's failing is that its audience is very vocal, but they can't help how small they are. So it's right. like it's the first time ever the nerds have bullied back, like mm-hmm. bullied a network and making up their show, even though right. the the numbers don't make sense, but. Uh, it probably would not have lost. So they they are to blame because their their audience is not very large. But if that comes on Netflix, it doesn't lose fifty million dollars. Like the the fact right. that Yahoo's yeah. screen is terrible, yeah. and poorly marketed, and the only time that you ever see ads for Yahoo's screen is when you go to yahoo.com. And unfortunately, it's not nineteen ninety seven anymore, so a lot of us don't. Right. Um, it's it's uh it's part of it is part of that fifty million dollar loss is certainly on Yahoo, but yeah. That's what you get when you sign up with Yahoo, Dan Harmon. You know, it's it's kind of right. a, uh, it's a it bad, pushes it exactly. Yeah, it's a bad combo because you've got to show that uh, I loved Community first, second, third, and and fifth season, but we it was okay to be done with it after that fifth season, and yeah. and it's got a very small fan base, and then you've just got it, there's just too many of these uh, of streaming services and original content where you can only get that content on this particular provider and all that stuff. It's going to get worse before it gets better. But in some ways, as somebody who does not want to have to be to subscribe to 700 different things to be able to partake in all of the pop culture. Yeah. I like news like this makes me happy because it, it puts one nail in the coffin, you know, of at some point getting to the point where we have like three to choose from, not 60 or whatever. it. You know what I mean? Like there's just, there's too many and there's too much for people to really be able to dig in to not even all of it, but like 10% of it. Like I really enjoyed community. I have never, I've never once watched Yahoo screen and I can guarantee that if community was on Netflix or NBC or something that I normally watch, and I, I know I'm not the most connected as far as you know tech savvy and all that sort of stuff as as you guys are, but if it was on a site or a platform that I use regularly, I would have definitely well, I would have binged it by now. I would have seen all the community episodes. But also, I have was not there been... a way to see seasons one through five on Yahoo? I don't know, honestly. I mean, no, I don't Netflix. think there was. I, I, I think I think the, the the thing is, a lot of people are like, oh, Community's still around. Oh, it's on Yahoo. Oh, well, I can't wait to watch it on Netflix when it goes on Netflix. You know, it's like yeah. they know they're going to get to it eventually, and it'll it'll show up where they want it to eventually. So there's like really no rush anymore to see stuff when it right when it comes out. So it's hard to it's hard to judge, I guess. Yeah, the screening as... net the screening landscape is is insane you're totally right brian there's just so it's it's like cable there's so many channels right and the times are certainly you know a changin <laughs> but uh <laughs> nice thanks that was uh that was a last minute audible but uh not to the extent where we can handle 49 streaming networks plus no. cable plus you yeah. know that's just not that's not chang we can get that we can get used to yeah, we need a we need Netflix or Amazon or or Hulu. I, I mean, those are the big three. We need one of those three 
to somehow kind of like establish some dominance. And I guess it's, I mean, Netflix is probably the leader of those three, but not enough so to be able to to push one or both of them out, you know? And I think that's where, that's where we need to get, like we need less competition in some ways to be able to, for people like me who, I just can't, I mean, I have, I spend a ridiculous amount of money on cable because of sports and I, I have Netflix and I don't have, I I don't have the extra income to put into Hulu and HBO go and all the other streaming services that are available to me. And that just means that some things are just going to get left out. And I'm sure I have access to Yahoo screen, but I've never, I haven't used Yahoo for anything except fantasy football in the last 10 years. So there is an app for Yahoo screen on the Apple TV. Okay. What it is great for, I will admit is SNL because they have a contract with SNL. Uh, the entire digital archive of SNL is exclusive to Yahoo Screen. It's all free to watch, or what they've made available uh, right. for you to watch, and uh, all the new stuff on there too. I might be interested in for some. Yeah, reason. there's some really right. old stuff that you can't find, but there's yeah. there's a lot there's of stuff lot you of, can. Yeah, it's a great resource. I mean, I use it for that, but a lot of it stuff that's not on there that well, doesn't. Ha- I don't understand it because I get it if there's music rights, but there's some right. stuff. That does not have music. A lot of based. it, I think, Richard, is just the way they titled it. Like, you would think you would search for whatever, and it's titled something completely different. I found that. That's fair. You know That's what I'm fair. saying? There's There wasn't yeah, official no, titles to the sketches, so it's really hard to, like, search for something you saw 15 years ago and find it sure. on there. That's what I That's sure. what I've found when I've searched for stuff. But, yeah, that, that one's rough. Um, I did see that NBC and CBS released Apple TV apps today. In anticipation of the Apple TV App Store releasing uh, next weekend, so make makes it easier to at least so on the big four, I guess ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox all have on-demand apps on that platform. So that's nice. So you can at least stay caught up with the big four if you don't have the full cable subscription. Yeah. Uh, what else we got? Is that it? Yeah, that's for movie good. news. There's nothing else of great. Input. We got to talk Spielberg. We need to save time for that. Oh yeah. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter. For supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. All right, let's move on and uh, get our guest on. Okay, Brian, you want to introduce our guest? Yeah, sure. We are we are joined for the second time in the last couple weeks by a listener who uh, contributed some some money to us to help the show go. Keep going, I guess, would be the more appropriate term. So uh, we are joined today by our good friend, Godwin Shianugo. Godwin, how's it going, man? Hey, guys. How's it going? Good, dude. Hey, thanks so much for joining us and for contributing and all that stuff. We really, really appreciate it. 
Oh man, I I am so stoked to be on this. I have I am a big fan of you guys. Uh, I've been hoping to get on for a while now. So yeah, I'm I'm really really happy to be here. Awesome. Thanks, Godwin. Well, first things first. Have you seen? Now you see me. <laughs> yes, uh, sadly I have. I am. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, hold on, hold on. Let me ask you this, Godwin. Let me ask yes, you this. Yes. Now you see me. Great movie or greatest movie? Oh, greatest movie for sure. Uh, yeah. Okay, we'll put you down for yeah. greatest. Okay. Oh yeah, definitely. What are we talking about here? Yeah, absolutely. Like I mean, that's. Uh, uh, that's a roller coaster, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Mark Ruffalo's killing it there. So <laughs> he really did kill it. Oh yeah. Um, first time I ever. Oh yeah. First time I ever saw the movie. Um, uh, I I got out of the the theater and I was like, ah, yeah, th- there's definitely something wrong here. Like, yeah, can't just be me. Yeah. Then I <laughs> then I saw your review and I was just dying. I was like, like is it yeah. really this bad? Was it just me oh. or is it really this bad? <laughs> yeah, because I got. I was like, oh, man. Like Mark Ruffalo's so good, um, Woody Harrison's good, and uh, what? Oh my God, it's it's terrible. Yeah, everyone <laughs> in it is is good. It's the it's yeah. the real thing where uh, the sum is much worse than than all the books. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so talk to us, Godwin, about your Spielberg thoughts, or have you been a fan of Spielberg? Or are you new to his work? Uh, before we jump into this Bridge of Spies talk here. Oh, yeah. So um, essentially, I grew up uh, in Lagos, Nigeria, and uh, I grew up to like the whole 80s cheesy movies and uh, mm-hmm. the most. Yeah. So the most popular actors back then uh, for me back home would be like like Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone. Sure. Um, then uh, then I got to see uh, Indiana Jones for the first time, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And and that was just it. Right. I. I was like, "Oh, who the hell is this guy, Steven Spielberg?" Yeah. Then I got to see, then I got to see Jaws, and what just sealed the deal for me was Jurassic Park. I was absolutely like blown away, and uh, and since then it's I've been a, a huge. I think um, he's pers- personally my most favorite director. Um, I think respect to uh, a bunch of movies movies that I've actually seen by one director. I, I, I think he's actually pretty much, I've, I think I've seen everything um, he's done in the last um, 15 to 20 years, essentially. Sure. How so, many times have you seen Tintin? Because me, it's seven. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like Tintin. Tintin's not bad. It's not my bad. My kid loves Tintin too, so that's pretty I, cool. I, I am not a fan. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of creepy. That technology is kind of creepy, but... People know, often tell me I look like uh, Tintin. <laughs> you do, kind of. And so I, I, resent, I resent the entire Enterprise. Yeah. <laughs> it, though it is better than Clay Aiken. So it's, you know, <laughs> a matter of context. Well, Brian, what are your uh, thoughts on Spielberg as we speak now, today? I know they change kind of with every film he releases. His his career kind of is in peaks and valleys. Uh, how do you feel about him at this point? I think it's been a while since he's made a, a truly great movie. Um, but okay. he also – he doesn't have any bad movies, and he doesn't have – I mean, like War Horse is a movie that I do not care for at all. And it was nominated for Best Picture. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's yeah. that's the that's the standard that Spielberg uh, brings to the table. Lincoln yeah. is a very good yeah. film. Um, I like I, I quite enjoy Tintin. Uh, Munich maybe the last like 
really good movie that he's made. I, I would say Catch Me If You Can is one of my favorites. Minority Reports, one of my favorites, Saving Private Ryan. Jurassic, I mean, like on down the list, for me, I, I'm pretty sure I've said this before, but for me, Spielberg is the personification of what it means to be a director. And I, I don't think I'm alone in that. I think for well, our, our Lenier, together, yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe to just American audiences, but no, um, it, it's he, I think for our generation, uh, he's kind of, he's synonymous with, with, with that title, with what it means to be a director. And as sure. we've, you know, we're getting into a, a phase of, of film where, the writer director on small independent films is becoming more prevalent and and that's that's going to become that's becoming almost a different genre from what uh or a different thing entirely than what Spielberg does you know there's like these these indie filmmakers and then there is the director and i i, I just think um i i don't know that there will ever be a a, a director or filmmaker whose work i get excited about like i do for spielberg just having his name attached essentially means that a i'm going to see this movie as soon as i possibly can and b there's a very high likelihood that i'm going to really enjoy it if not love it when we did our top 10 movies of all time or our top 10 favorite movies there were i think six or seven spielberg movies that were in serious contention for my top 10 so like my top if we did 25 movies it would have just been littered with with Spielberg films. Um, he's just, he's one of a kind. He's, he's often imitated and uh, no one has ever quite uh, managed to achieve what he can, achieve, what he has achieved or what he is capable of achieving when he's on his game, whether he's <clears throat> directing a big blockbuster or whether he's trying to put together a, uh, an awardsy sort of film. Um, this one kind of falls into the, the latter category. I don't think it's one of his better films, but again, if you're, I mean, that's a, that's pretty, it, it's, if you're a, a bad Spielberg film, I guess, or a, a lower level Spielberg film is still better than 99% of, of other movies out there, I think. Yeah. And I, man, he's just, his filmography is just incredible. And I want to talk maybe more about it later. Uh, I know we have a, a lot of stuff to get to tonight, so I don't want to spend too much time on it, but mm. man, He's got, you know, you put his top five movies and it's probably like Jaws, Jurassic Park, E.T., Saving Private Ryan. It's just like so impressive. Schindler's List, it's just like so impressive. Right. Close Encounters. Right. I mean, I could just keep naming them. That's just top five. The Terminal, five. obviously, number one. Yeah. And, <laughs> and yeah. Bridge, of Spies, Bridge of Spies probably doesn't rank in his top maybe even 15, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know. Any other director in Hollywood makes this, you know, mm-hmm. the a yeah. Colin Trevorrow type guy makes this. <laughs> they give him any movie he wants for the rest of his life. Right. Like it, exactly. like it would be automatically exactly. be their number one movie, and it would probably get him, you know, best director nominations and best mm-hmm. screenplay nomination. I'm just saying, like yeah. that it, because it's Spielberg, people are like, well, it wasn't, it wasn't a Jurassic Park. Well, nothing ever will yeah. be. Uh, you it know, also again, wasn't I, Crystal Skull, so that's good too. Right, that is yes. good. <laughs> Yeah, we've. Yeah. There's the exception. That to was the more Lucas than Spielberg. Oh, yeah. Everyone knows that. Yeah, uh, yeah. That was, that's, at least that's what we choose to tell ourselves. So. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's why I hope. I hope that was it. <laughs> no, that was no, it wasn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. 80 percent Lucas, twenty percent Shia LaBeouf. I'm, yeah. I'm, <laughs> Spielberg was actually taped in a chair. <laughs> His yeah. mouth just taped shut. 
<laughs> Once the saying, aliens came in, he was like, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I mean, this movie might not be, it might not change the way movies are made, like some of his movies have, but right. I mean, this is still strong to very strong uh, yeah. movie. I really, really, en- well made movie, I right? really enjoyed this movie. This is one of my favorites of the year, if not my favorite so far. I was just wow. so, I was just so actually invested in what was going on and interested. And I mean, let's, let's face it. This movie is basically two hours of people talking back and forth uh, oh, yeah. ab- about other people. And uh, to make that interesting, you really have to have a snappy screenplay. You have to have a director that can move a camera and not just cut back and forth between two characters. And, you know, I saw this back to back with Steve Jobs. Wow. And, uh, That's a lot of talking. Oh, there was a lot of talking. <laughs> I'm Richard excited. just comes out and just turns his girlfriend. Just no, don't talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there so that's are... every that's every movie. But um... <laughs> sit in the back seat. I mean, yeah. there there I are. What um... does we see with you, Doc Underwood? Any of my friends show up? No, we just did a we did like a thirty minute walk and talk throughout the the cinema. <laughs> there are directors that can do stuff that Spielberg can't. I totally am under the impression. That I I think uh, Alfonso Cuarón is one. I think. Um, Louis Ledy. Inuri 2 is one right. that, like, Birdman, I saw that, like, okay, Spielberg couldn't even have made that movie. Like, sure. that's how original and, and incredible that was. Um, but I don't know if there's a director in Hollywood, at least in uh, American cinema, that can move a camera like Spielberg can. Uh, can just... I mean, I don't know if you saw the six-hour hot tub extra cut in, in Entourage, <laughs> but Doug Allen can, he can work. Doug Allen. <laughs> I think we can all agree, Doug Allen. I mean, no one works a hot tub camera. Okay, qualifier. Yeah. No one works a hot tub camera like Elon. So sick. Obviously, so you sick. haven't seen Hot Tub Time Machine 2, Richard. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I Ten minutes, and I was done. I pulled a Richard. <laughs> pulled a Richard. Nice. I like it. It's a good uh, I'm just saying, like, it's just so good. It's so Spielberg, you know? Like, it yeah. just this movie just reeks of Spielberg, but, I mean... Joel and Ethan Cohen screenplay. I mean, I it, I actually forgotten until like oh. I, the credits rolled. You know, I love this screenplay. I was like, man, this is one of the more well written Spielberg movies I've ever seen. Just comes off so natural and interesting and funny. I didn't expect it to be so funny. I thought this was going to be Tinker Taylor. You know, it was going to be serious yeah. CIA talk. You know, Cold War drama and, and stuff. And that's the way it was pitched: this Cold War drama or Cold War thriller with Tom Hanks and Sp- Steven Spielberg. It actually was more kind of a heist. Um, mm-hmm. it, more like Catch Me If You Can than than Tinker Taylor, which surprised me. Uh, but man, great work by the the Coens here. I, I just knew most of that humor came from them, so that impressed me. What about you, Richard? How did you like this? General thoughts, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I like this quite a bit. It's it's I'm uh, it's I could not be more the target audience for this because I I am a uh, yeah I'm a Cold War nerd. It's yeah. my war. Everyone, every male, especially as we get older, has their war. Right. Um, there's a Patton Oswalt, a great Patton Oswalt joke that he talks about, like uh, something about I forgot the exact thing of the jokes. But he says, "You realize you're getting older and you're in your 40s when you just start caring about World War II a lot, <laughs> and then you're just like, huh, it's interesting. Um, I didn't realize they moved the tanks across. Oh my God, I'm 49. Like, it's like <laughs> um, that. I mean, so I have that, but mine happens to be the Cold War." So I love anything with espionage. I've read like every John Le Carre. If you love this stuff, read like John Le Carre or John Le Carre, I don't know how to say it. Who, who wrote Ticker Terror Soldier Spy, right. uh, the novel. All of his spy novels are like the best things ever. Um, I'm, you know, so 
there's a zero percent chance I wasn't going to like this, and I'm happy to report I did like it quite a bit. Um, I thought, uh, you know, uh, Tom Hanks was was at his, you know, just strong, just Hanks in it hard. Yeah. Um, but I think Mark Rylance steals the yes. Mark Rylance oh. as Rudolph Abel is yeah. yeah he is great. Yeah. Um, this is oh his and like he you just amazing. when you blow Tom Hanks off the scene screen, it's it's mm-hmm. that's a feat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is his movie, I think. Much, yeah, much totally. more so than Hanks, which I would have never expected going in. No, he's he was he was fantastic. And so my my I think as good as this film is, and I think it's in a way a testament to Spielberg and Hanks that they're courteous enough to do this. What I'll walk away remembering this film for is that performance. Yeah. E- even though the film's great on its own. It, mm-hmm. it's that. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Yeah, it was immaculately well done and well performed and this movie was just so um, the attention to detail is what blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, the opening sequence when we first meet him and we don't know if he's a spy when he's painting and everything, just the uh, delicacy of the painting and everything and the way he would go about you know, getting dressed in the morning while he was putting stuff on the desk and the attention to how that was shot and everything. And then we see the, you know, him get the coin from underneath the, the chair Mm-hmm. And take it back, and what, what's he do with this coin? Then he splits the coin open and reads the note. I thought that was a really cool touch. I thought we were going to get more of that um, throughout the movie. I thought we were going to get more kind of gadgetry and like a mm-hmm. little yeah. more more of a hint at like yeah. what this guy was actually up to. Uh, why do you think that is? Why didn't we get more of that? It's got a. This is quite a story that we're telling. It's a here, story. You know? I, I know. Like it's a. This is a. I mean, a wide ranging, wide scope film because it covers many years in many different settings. So I think that's probably the main thing is like it went on long enough. And so you have to cut some of that story somewhere. And yeah. to, the truth be told, I mean, I, I don't know much about this story, the actual, the, you know, the, the true events behind the story, but you know, there's a good possibility that we don't really know what the dude was doing. You know, that anything that it would be just guesswork at some point of like putting together what kind of work he would be. I mean, we know he was a spy, but like what exactly was happening? We don't, we may not really know if he was the quote unquote good soldier that uh, he's portrayed in the, in the film. It's, you know, it's anyone's guess. Yeah. What, what did you expect this to be? uh, Richard? I expected this to be a little more, like you said, Kent, a lot more Tinker Taylor than it was. It's a unique story. Um, it, rem- it was more that, like Lincoln than it was than yes, I expected. Very much, know? and it w- it was more. It was, and this isn't an insult. It was a lot broader than I expected. It yeah. wasn't as detail oriented as as one would expect. Mm-hmm. It's a weird story, right? This lawyer from Brooklyn. I don't know. I want to get. Yeah. I, w- I love the Godwin's thoughts on that, but uh, uh, for me, it was it was uh, it was not what I expected, but totally in the positive. Yeah. What did you think? Yeah. Uh, general thoughts of this goblin yeah so uh going into this um to be honest i was a bit worried about it i uh, i'd heard the story initially and uh one of my worries about going into the movie is that um it's it's an amazing story yes but uh i i wondered if how much could we actually get out of it in two hours and 20 minutes mm-hmm. and uh but going in i uh i, I have to admit i was I was blown away. Uh, Spielberg, like I said, I've been a huge fan of Spielberg, but um, 
in the last 10 years, like, like, uh, like you all have attested to, uh, I kind of get the feeling I don't really know what Spielberg is going to show up. Um, we, 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 seem to, we seem to have an extremely high standard that we expect him to, to, to keep up to. And sometimes, for example, um, movies like War Horse, I, I feel he didn't really live up to that expectation. Uh, mm-hmm. Even though those movies in the hands of others would be uh, looked at as, as fantastic movies. Um, I, I think the screenplay by the, the Coen brothers brought the beauty of this movie to the fore, absolutely. Um, I think it was a movie that was shot uh, beautifully in a Spielberg style. It looks to me like a bit of a mix of uh, you've got like Munich and a bit of Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, and you've got like that, uh, blue, that kind of blue look yeah, that he loves. Exactly, and and you could see that he's got he's got that that mix going on there. Uh, I think this has been the best work of his uh, the guy his director of photography Janusz Kamiski. His yeah. best work in the last twenty years. Mm-hmm. They've worked wow. together for for with forever on so yeah. many projects. Yeah. And I feel that this is the best, and you can tell because uh, not—I don't want to get into spoiler ter- spoiler territory. But when we start talking about that, you can see how that brings uh, the beauty of the story to the to the core. Um, but uh, I'm with Richard, though. Like, what actually uh, made this movie so high up in my list for me this year is the performances. Um, I think Mark Rylance was oh, unbelievable. Yeah, I. Uh, Every every single conversation between he, himself and Tom Hanks, um, I was practically at the edge of my seat listening to them because there was just it, it was just a beautiful interchange. And mm-hmm. um, I would be expecting respect to uh, screenplay. I, I definitely am hoping for like Oscar buzz for the Coen Brothers and uh, Mark Sherman for this. So yeah, so yeah, I've, I was I was really impressed, even though coming in I. I wasn't really uh, hoping for much, to be honest. Yeah, this shares a common theme with a lot of Spielberg movies. The the father, the absent father. Um, that's been a, a theme in Spielberg's own life, and he really brought that mm-hmm. in here with, with Tom Hanks' character and mm-hmm. the fact that he wants to be back with his kids, but he also has, wants to do this work. But right. he kind of keeps it from his family because he doesn't want them to know what he's uh, really doing. He tells them he's going fishing, and he goes off and is involved in this huge... Uh, spy exchange with the CIA in Russia or the Soviet Union. So, I mean, this is this is very well acted. I think Tom Hanks is very underrated. I think this will go down as one of his more underrated performances of his career. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, gets overshadowed by things like the freaking Da Vinci Code and stuff like that. Like, he's more <laughs> well known for that than he will be for this, and that's sad, you know? This Charlie guy, Wilson's wall. Uh, exactly. And, and he... <laughs> Lady Killers, you know, he, he gets, <laughs> oh gosh, he, I mean, I feel kind of bad. This kind of got overshadowed, uh, by Star Wars this week. And what did it lose yeah. to last week? Um, at oh. the box office, Goosebumps, Goosebumps yeah. the Martian. Yeah. Martian. I mean, yeah. kind of rough. It wasn't well marketed. They didn't really know how to, how to push this movie. Um, yeah. It reminds me, it kind of weirds me out about Spielberg though, because he's so great and has so much talent and he, you know, anytime he makes a movie, it could be the best movie ever, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, why doesn't he do more stuff that's out there? Do you know what I'm saying? Like a Jurassic Park was like more magical 
themes. You know, it seems like lately in the past 10 years, he's stuck to the by the book filmmaking, which is fine. And, and he does it very mm-hmm. well. You know, the Lincolns and the Bridge of Spies and the Munichs, there's, that's kind of by the book, I would say. That's something, you know, a lot of a lot of directors could pick up that script and make that a pretty good movie. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. They, there was a certain element to Spielberg in the first 20 years of his career. Where it was like, you know, you were going to be blown. So you were going to see something totally imaginative and you mm-hmm. is he just yeah. tired of that is it that just take too much effort has he is he like i've already done that so i want to do something different now like where is he at mentally yeah you know? i mean it's I, it's got to be I, part that it's hard to create like that and constantly i don't think so people. when you're steven spielberg and you have oh. fifty thousand people pitching you ideas every day and, I, yeah. and books and ready player one but, could be the one that well that's the thing he's got ready player one he's got the bfg both of those are going to be i think are going to be that kind of Spielbergian magical experience that you're talking about, mm-hmm. but Tintin kind of is. I know that wasn't a big hit, um, and so maybe that's just like it's a miss. But I think Super that, Eight was kind of that was, that was that. J.J. Abrams, yeah. right? Super Eight. And was. then he kind of lost the. Uh, I, I feel he's he's personally. I think he's kind of lost that more of that childlike imagination thing going on. Um, sure. Yeah, in the in the last couple of years, if you compare what he was doing, like Raiders of the Lost Ark, E.T. Um, and compare that to uh, the later years, I, I just feel that he he decided to change his tone. Mm-hmm. I think it was an inten- an intentional change. Um, has it worked for him though? Uh, as much uh, that I can't really say it has. Yeah, I don't think the, the generation now sees Steven Spielberg as the the best director ever. Mm-hmm. You know, I really don't think that they recognize. Sure, they don't really care about movie his movies from twenty years ago. Yeah. Uh, I- he hasn't. He hasn't to, to an extent. Uh, Jurassic Park, though, dude, like that. That still holds up. Oh, like, so I, was, I agree. You know, but I'm there's just... there's plenty of. I, I I'm saying, uh, younger generations still hold some of those movies as, uh, j- with just uh, with ex- as much uh, prestige and and affection as as we do. I think maybe maybe not quite as much because we were there, you know, watching those movies mm. in theaters, but. Um, those are those a lot are of kids still- would rather watch Jurassic World than Jurassic Park at this point. You know uh, sure, <laughs> kids, but but take I don't know eighteen eighteen to twenty two. Look, everybody goes through. The, I think kids are going to go through that stage, but younger. I don't think younger generations are going to have a problem identifying the greatness of those Spielbergian those Spielberg movies when. Uh, they they become of age to understand how great those things are. Like I I have no concern about. No, that. I, I agree. What I'm saying is is that since then he hasn't done anything for people to for the new generation to say this is our Spielberg movie. You know, it's still sure. the ones we celebrate are still the ones we celebrated okay. when we were younger. Yeah, uh, he true. hasn't he hasn't. I mean, War of the Worlds was kind of it was supposed to be that. You know, I guess that's mm-hmm. the closest attempt he's had at. Yeah. Um, at making something that could be, you know, defined as the movie of your high school years or something. You remember seeing it. I remember seeing it in, uh, when it came out in theaters and in the hype mm-hmm. being pretty big for it. But yeah. Uh, th- but there, I, I do think ready player one is that movie. I think it like, could be too. Yeah. I, it's, it's, it's an incredible source material and it's so Spielberg. And I, I would just be, I would have loved to see what he would have done with the Martian. Yeah. And I would have, too. I wanted to see what he would do with Robopocalypse too, which is still, I guess, in the air. I think he still owns the rights to it, but that seems like a very Spielbergian yeah. uh, subject matter, I should say. Sure. All right, Godwin, what did you really like about this? We're going to go likes and dislikes here, so go yeah. likes first. 
Okay, so uh, like I said, uh, what I really liked about this was uh, the uh, the performances of the two major characters, uh, Tom Hanks uh, and uh, Mark Rylance uh, playing uh, the uh, the uh, the Soviet agents, essentially. Um, watching them together uh, play off each other was was just a dream. Um, uh, and the, the the fact that as well that uh, Spielberg was still trying in the essence, and that's something you always see. Uh, I think in the in uh, Spielberg's uh, last five or six movies that uh, despite the entire beauty of the movie, you still see him trying to pass. There's a message he's still trying to send across, and there's a message he still wants you to to actually get clearly. And 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 I love that. I absolutely love that about this movie. The fact that oh. Uh, talking about uh, allegiances between governments and uh, talking about um, uh, uh, where do people really st- stand with respect to uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for now? I'm looking for there's I'm saying maybe with respect to uh, values and objectives, right? Um, I think that's I think that was what really 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 uh, attracted me to this movie. That's what made this movie absolutely awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the beauty of the movie as well, too. You could see how uh, Janusz Kaminski could, was doing the contrast between, like, Brooklyn and and East Germany, how he made East Germany look how, yeah. how stark and uh, and dark. And, it was, you know, like, really gray. They, it was really, exactly. They took out all the saturation when they got to exactly. Germany. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Then, then you go to Brooklyn, and it's, like, all those colors, and it's chippier, and it's happier. And, yeah, so um, uh, I, I really love that as well. Uh, respect to likes. Um, for dislikes, uh, I think a, a, a bunch of the things, uh, were, uh, some of the scenes were a bit heavy-handed, and uh, maybe when we when mm-hmm. we start getting into spoilers, I, I can talk a, I can talk a bit about that more. Yeah, man. One of the one of the best scenes in the movie is the briefing scene where they're briefing the pilots to become CIA spy pilots or whatever. <laughs> I thought yeah. the, di- the the dialogue or the speech that army general gives or the air force general or cia general whoever he was gives <laughs> right. the gives the recruits was just awesome it's like a two-minute monologue and just telling them your lives will never be the same you're <laughs> you work for the cia now <laughs> you know i've always wondered what, how that is you know how do you get recruited into being a spy and all that and what would that be like in that first encounter with your new boss and everything that was very well done and that stuck out for me um as far as likes and i like like you said God, when this movie has something to say, it has a lot mm-hmm. to explore. And I don't know if it's to a fault, but Spielberg was definitely trying to be political here with a lot of what he was doing. You know, <laughs> he, he denies it in um, in uh, Lincoln by just saying, well, this is just this is just the subject matter. Like, it doesn't matter if it's relevant now and people are dealing with race issues now. I'm just telling the story of how it happened back then, you know. I think he really mm-hmm. was trying to say something about what's currently happening with due process and Ill- the illegal alien um, – debate over the past 10 20 years so that those are the two themes i got most out of it was uh the right to due process like everyone's a human it does you know one of the bigger lines and that they hammer kind of home is um if if this was your spy for your country wouldn't you want him to be represented well you know across across the world which is exactly right you have to think about that when you're Mm -hmm. automatically going to put somebody in jail for the rest of their life so Mm -hmm. Wow, uh, a lot to a lot to think about with this one, uh, Brian. Likes and dislikes. Yeah, I 
I'm with Richard. The Cold War is just fascinating to me in general, and so this is kind of right up my my alley on on that level. Um, I'm always just fascinated by the way that uh, the, you know the spy work, the way that they did that kind of thing during that era. Uh, is just super interesting to me. Hanks is great. He's always great. Uh, and so that's not a surprise. But this is a is it is a very Hanks character, but he he adds a little bit of uh a little element to it. He's 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 a a little bit of a he's a little bit of a I don't know. He's he's a little rougher, I guess, than we typically see Tom Hanks. He kind of has a little bit of cockiness and arrogance to him, which I thought was really. It, I mean, that yeah, character. I think that's the, Co- the Coen brothers there. Yeah, it didn't totally remind sure. me of any character he had played before, which surprised no, it's, me. It, yeah. know, it, it wasn't the, the a little uh, bit of similarity to his character in in Catch Me If You Can without the Boston just, accent. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, just a little bit of that. Um, but it, it was Dallas. Dallas. <laughs> hey, hey, Randy. Yeah. Um, so he was, he's always great. Uh, but I mean, we've already talked about Rylant, so I won't go on and on, but that was, that might be the, that's my favorite acting performance of the year. I think he's, yeah, he's so good. Yeah. Yeah, totally. He's, uh, you know, that guy is, has made an incredible career for himself as a, as a stage actor and uh, is finally getting some some turns in movies, and that's that is a that role. The way that he plays it is kind of unbelievably good. You know, like that could have very easily been a just kind of a blank wall character that you don't really get anything out of, and and it would have stripped this movie of its kind of emotional core, I think. And so he does it so subtly and so quietly, and uh, boy, that just fantastic on his side so that i thought that all that stuff was good the storyline is very interesting i will say there were times in the particularly like in the second act where i faded out a little bit uh it's a little bit talky for me and kind of jumping from scene to scene or setting to setting i guess and uh by the third act i was back in and we were good but there was there was a, a little bit of a lull i wouldn't say i was bored but I was there were points where I was not a hundred percent locked in on what was happening from a narrative standpoint and usually had to be brought back in by Hanks doing Hanksy things or or Rylance just doing his his very quiet, awesome work. And I thought some of the I thought the script is really good, but some of the dialogue from the supporting characters was very on the nose and yes. A little bit so, so hammy, bad. yeah. Especially like the early parts with his family and stuff. Like those were not most of those. Yeah. They were not very good actors, or they weren't getting worst getting worst, worst written wife ever. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. yeah. And Amy Ryan's a really great actor, so yeah, you know, that's sometimes you get that kind of uh, in the box character, and you just have to do what you can with it. But you know, Spielberg has always been very good at casting kids in his films, and Thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, Hanks's kids weren't in the movie much because they were all pretty bad. And uh, and they well, know, that's just because you hate children. I do. So, I be hate fair, you all have kids. A, yeah, you have a bias there. Right. I only I work with them because of some like penance that I have yeah. to do, but, um, for sins of a past life or something. But no, I, there were moments that. It, you know, you get a little bit of the the, the music swells, and uh, somebody delivers a a very clear. Here's the line that's going to set up whatever Tom Hanks is going to say, kind yeah. of line, and that stuff 
I, I'm just not used to seeing that from Spielberg because I think he's always been very good at avoiding those notes. And there's not a lot of them. It's not like it's a Hallmark movie or something where it's like overrunning the film. But there's definite there were definite moments where I thought to myself, there's some okay, schmaltz. On yeah, occasion. it's a little schmaltzy. And, and I think Spielberg's better than that. All right, let's move on to spoilers now. Well, I want to talk about the end of this. I don't want to wait any longer. So spoilers coming up now for Bridge of Spies. Uh, Godwin, let's get spoilery. Um, I want to say, man, the freaking plane crash scene, unbelievable. Oh, that was yeah. so great. Yeah, that was oh, great. My, that, that, that's what made me think, why isn't Spielberg doing more stuff? You know, like bigger stuff. When I see stuff like like little flashes of what, of what he's capable of. I mean, that was mm-hmm. the the plane getting shot out of the air and him trying yeah. to g- reach for the, um, destruct button and everything. And that being probably the U2 spy plane and everything. I mean, that was, that was an unbelievable sequence. And, um, I mean, that I'll be talking about that one uh, for the rest of the year. That, that scene alone, like jumped this movie up into my, into my top five of the year for sure. Uh, what did you uh, want to talk about spoiler wise? Did you guys think the spies were going to get exchanged? How did you feel that that was going to go down? I guess that's the most obvious plot line and the biggest spoiler we could talk about. Uh, Richard. Uh, I'm the wrong person to ask. I know this story. I know about the bridge of spies. I've read stuff about the bridge of spies. So (laughs) I knew, uh, I did know. But that's not fair because not everyone is as much of a nerd as I am. Well, how did you how did you feel Spielberg did knowing what you knew? You know, like everyone knew yeah, no, that, in Apollo thirteen that, that they were going to come back, but it was the way that they did it yeah, that made it sure. so engaging. Yes. So that's yeah. a better question for me. Mm. Uh, that was I enjoyed the last act of the film quite a bit. Um, it reminded me a lot of um, another Hanks movie that I don't even know if we brought up, which is great. It is Captain Phillips. Mm-hmm. Um, when everything kind of ramps up for momentarily, right? And the, the drama is all of a sudden very much um, pinched into a small uh, piece of time after sort of dancing around for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, enjoyed that, the, the tent, you know, it's the same with me with Argo. Like, I know that story, but I was breathless that whole time. Um, they, they did an excellent job uh, pulling this off as well. Definitely. I totally agree. Uh, what did you want to say about the cinematography later in the film, Godwin, that you said was kind of spoilery? You kind of hinted that at that earlier. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, so I essentially was saying that um, uh, you could tell uh, that uh, towards the, the third act and towards the end of the film, um, I felt it was a bit heavy-handed where in, in the sense that uh, Spielberg wanted you, he was trying to build up that suspense to that finale, and he was trying to build up that, oh, okay, it's so dark and grim here, um, as opposed to how, you know, uh, everything was also this huge contrast. He was trying to build up this huge contrast between uh, uh, how it was in the States as compared to how it was in East Germany yeah. during, yeah. The, during that time, right? And uh, at, a point, at a point in time, I felt like it was, it was, it was just a bit too much. Like the Agreed. scene... Yeah, mm-hmm. it's... it's a typical example: the scene where um, uh, he got robbed by uh, uh, by the gang in East Germany. Uh, mm-hmm. When I mean yeah. I mean Tom Hanks, um, I could I could you could tell that oh yes, Spielberg is just he's just trying to still ramp it up there, like saying oh this is this is what's going on right here going mm-hmm. on now. I felt 
um, it was a bit it was a bit too much. Um, uh, you could also tell the the, the heavy handedness with uh, another scene was um, uh, when he whenever he was on the train, right? Uh, right. The first scene where he was on the yeah. train with. Uh, the everyone's just staring at the subway at the newspapers yeah exactly yeah. subway the newspaper i rolled my eyes at the, at the end I, of yeah, that. exactly yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> once i saw the when i saw the first the first scene i was like oh yeah i can tell he's gonna try to be do this again at the yeah, end yeah. and once he did it at the end i was like oh come on <laughs> really <laughs> yeah we get we get the gist right so so in a sense i feel respect that it, there was a little bit of heavy-handedness that might downplay how beautifully this movie was shot and the performances of the two the two major the two major actors and uh and for some reason the um the 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 pilot the one who was captured mm-hmm. i just could not stand that guy yeah every he, single scene he was in yeah it should have been I, jesse plemons should have been the main guy not yeah the other definitely guy. totally well, like, yeah exactly i totally agree uh uh austin starwell I, I i haven't really seen anything he's done so far, but uh, he was bad, you in my opinion. See, you should see uh, Jesse. You familiar with Jesse Plemons? Yes, I am familiar yeah. with Jesse Plemons. And I was really Breaking surprised. Bad. He's I felt, on Fargo, too, as well. Yes, this. exactly. He was, he's amazing on yeah. Fargo. Yeah. And I felt, um, I actually thought they were playing up to him, being the, being the main, but, one, but I just couldn't stand the other guy. So, uh, mm. yeah. So, yeah, so those are the kind of things yeah. that brought, brought it down a bit for me, essentially. The last scene... Or the climactic scene, I should say. There's kind of an epilogue at the end with thanks, but the climactic scene with the bridge, so so well shot. That was gorgeous. Yeah, well, at yeah. night oh, yeah. with the you know in the winter with the lights and the rain and the snow. It was that was really cool um, mm-hmm. and and very Spielbergian and and uh, that reminded me of uh, of some of his best work, like the the ending of Close Encounters when the ship comes down and they're at the base. You know, very sure. similar similar setup. Uh, mm-hmm. And suspenseful too. Uh, I didn't know if there was bullets were going to fly. I didn't know the story, so that made me it made it exciting for me. We have any other thoughts on this? Any uh, anything you've written in your notes you want to bring up before? Oh, I have one thing. Production design was unbelievably awesome. It was yeah. very believable of the of mm-hmm. the time period of the uh, nineteen uh, early the early nineteen hundreds, I should say before before the aughts. It was before. This was before the Ox, I'm, right? Nineteen sixties. Right. Yeah. No, I mean like the subway car and everything. Like, yeah, I had to get a real subway. You know, like from that that time period. I don't know if that's CG. I'm sure a lot of the scenery and stuff was CG, and, and but I mean the seamlessness of that now, you just can't even tell what was real and what wasn't. But this might come up later in the year for some uh, production design uh, awards. I would, I would, uh, I would think so. Any other yeah. thoughts? I think it'll get a little award buzz. I'm not sure how many. Uh, how many nominations I, I think I had it predicted with, for best picture. I think it'll, yeah, it'll, it's in the it, top yeah, ten. Gonna, here. It, yeah. it got a it got a standing ovation at New York Film Festival for its uh, premiere. So that that doesn't hurt it. <laughs> it's one of the more well, well received uh, yeah. movies critically of the year too. So that yeah. doesn't mm-hmm. hurt. It's funny yeah. that if you compare it to the movies of 2015, it's it's really high up there. If you compare it to the movies of Steven Spielberg, it's like, eh, it's okay. You know? Yeah. It's exactly. just such a, what a weird, what an amazing career that guy has put together, huh? Crazy. All right, let's hit a grade then. I'm going to give this a solid A. Yeah. It's good. It's great. It's an A. Good, good. great. Good. Spielberg, solid A. Uh, Brian? 
I'm going to go a little lower. I'll go A minus. I thought it was good. I didn't think it was great. Uh, I think it definitely will get some award buzz. I thought Rylance was by far the best part. I hope he is up and wins uh, best supporting actor because he looks he was just amazing. Just amazing. I'm I'm very impressed by him uh, more than anything else, I think, from this film. Richard. Yeah. So I, we're, just, we're in a trend. So I wanted to say uh, like this a lot. Some of the schmaltziness got to me and I was yeah. getting really annoyed with the and I, I get it. It's a great idea. And Godwin talked about it a little bit, but I got beaten over the head with look how dreary East yeah. yeah, and snowy <laughs> and all that like that wore me out. So I'm going to go I'm going to go B plus. Sweet. Go ahead. You get the last word. I, uh, yeah, so like I said, big fan of Spielberg. He definitely knows how to shoot movies beautifully. Um, the screenplay by uh, the Coen brothers, Mark Sherman, did not hurt it at all. I think it brought a sense of humor to the movie that probably might have been lacking if, if it was just Spielberg. Uh, so, but yeah, but the heavy handedness uh, kind of brought it down a bit for me too. So I'm going to go with an A minus. Boom. Good grades. Good movie. Good conversation all around. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Godwin, you want to stay on for Weekly Recommends? Yeah, sure, definitely. All right, let's do it. Weekly Recommends. I am going to recommend a television show called Friends. Some people know it. <laughs> it's a new show. Oh, really? On NBC. Wow. Uh, yeah, never heard of it. Stars this new guy named Schwimmer. Really? <laughs> He's really, going to. Probably going to be a star, but yeah. yeah uh, okay. No, I've been I've been catching myself watching Friends before I go to bed, uh-huh. revisiting it. I so do that funny. all the time. So yeah. funny. Yeah. Yep. One of my one of my favorite shows ever. Seriously. And, and Richard, you're you're totally right. Schwimmer is the best. He's so funny. He's, he's the as funniest. you get older. Yeah, Schwimmer. as you get older, you realize Ross was actually really funny and not <laughs> oh, like. Yeah. Kind of like <laughs> it's interesting because he only character on the show that was written for David Schwimmer. Like they, oh, they really? wrote the Ross character for him. Like he didn't even have to audition. The other ones were were cast, but uh, that makes more sense knowing the uh, knowing where Ross went. But something else I was thinking of when I was watching it. Is there a bigger curse to an acting career than being cast as a love interest on Friends? You know, <laughs> imagine being like, "Oh, I get to be Jennifer Aniston's love interest for a five-episode stint on Friends." Right. Everything's oh, coming up, Donovan. Yeah. <laughs> like, Doing it. 
How many of those Tad characters and stuff have you never seen again? Like, never. <laughs> didn't do bad for Brad Pitt, though. Oh, yeah, Brad That's Pitt. True. Was, Brad Pitt was already Brad Pitt, though. I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah. <laughs> the only one that actually made something of himself was Paul Rudd, who oh, like, yeah, ended up marrying Phoebe on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Hank Azaria had a Spoiler little stint, bro. too. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's not. It's like you said. <laughs> once once ten, once ten years passes, I think the statute has been lifted on sitcom spoilers. But uh, and the plot is what everyone comes to friends for. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Jokes. Don't tell me how Seinfeld ended. Okay. Still gotta catch up. Spoiler alert: They all go to jail. <laughs> True story. All right, go ahead. Uh, go ahead, uh, Brian. Uh, yeah, I'll make it really short. Tomorrow is Back to the Future Day. Well, today, I guess, if you're listening yeah. to this. Back to the Future Day. Back so to the go Future watch, 2 Day. Yeah. yeah go, so go watch Back to the Future 2 because it's great. All right. Godwin. I will be recommending a movie that just came out on Netflix. It's called Beasts of No Nation. It's uh, directed by Kari Joji Fukunaga. And yeah. uh, it's based on a novel of the same name by a Nigerian, just like myself, Uzodema Wela absolutely stunning performance watch out for the 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 main uh, character in the movie he's about 80 years old abraham atta okay. stunning performance by him uh so go see it i'm excited for that one man i i'm uh, adding it to my uh my queue right now oh yeah it's we're big amazing. friends of nigerians thanks to you so <laughs> we, we actually got a, a lot of comments over the weekend at people asking if we were going to talk about it do an episode yeah. on it a lot of buzz coming out about that movie i'm gonna watch it probably this weekend uh, yeah, so I, I, I think next week we'll probably talk about it uh, during movie news or something like that. So I'm excited to watch it. I love Idris Elba. Right? Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. He, yeah, he absolutely killed it. Yeah, so I, I think I think that th- those um, stories are underrepresented in movies. I think a mm-hmm. lot of that, a lot of attention needs to be brought more to what is happening over there. And I'm glad uh, Netflix stepped up to the plate on that one. Yeah, can't wait. Uh, Richard, what's your recommend? Yeah, I'm going to theme it. So I'm, I'm doing some math here. So it's it's currently uh, mid to late October, and uh, we just did a Cold War film. Um, so it, it, you need to go on to the Amazon Prime if you're if you're you know uh, a person well, that wealthy. Yeah, yeah. If you're, if you're a person, <laughs> a person that has Amazon Prime, or figure out a way, and you need to start the Americans. Yes, mm-hmm. because the Americans Gosh. comes back in January, February, and it's the best show on TV. So and but yet no one watches it and doesn't yeah. get nominated for anything. So I implore you, dear listener, please um, just start now. Start yeah. watching one a week and right around January, February, when it comes back on, you'll be caught up. There's three seasons. Uh, season four premieres early next year. And uh, if you like Bridge of Spies, then you'll like the Americans because yeah. it's also about the Cold War and it's also great. Yeah. So I implore you to do so. Please. That is- because we we really we love the show so much and if it doesn't do well this year this might be it so we 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 need more americans and also um matthew reese might be the best actor ever i mean he's 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 incredible he's incredible and no one seems to recognize this except for us and it really infuriate i don't understand yeah brian and i scream to each other about this all the time yes. <laughs> But don't worry, the guys, because he's in that Brad Bradley Cooper cooking movie. So <laughs> yeah, that'll be oh, that all looks, coming up Millhouse for Reese. That <laughs> looks. I'm I'm cannot be less interested in that movie. Burnt. <laughs> why do they keep casting do, him as a as a chef? Why do they I think people want to see more celebrity chef movies? I don't, I don't get know. it. That's like the fifth time he's played a chef in a movie or a TV show. Like, just stop. I don't. 
I'm not interested until he transforms himself and becomes Guy Fieri. <laughs> then I'm in. It opens next week with no critical reviews yet, so that's yeah. always oh. a good sign during this that's time of year. Little buddy, not doing well. Sorry, Brad. Uh, sucks for Daniel Brühl because I like him a lot. I want the yeah. best for him. Yeah, and it's, Sienna yeah. Miller. Yeah. Tough for everyone. I'm sure Bradley Cooper will have a rough year now since he'll only get like seven Oscar yeah, nominations later this year. Yeah, he's in that uh, David O. Russell movie with, yeah. with Jennifer Lawrence. And he's yeah. in, the, I think. Sucks for him. He has to hang out with What's Jennifer that Adam McKay Paul. movie called The Big Short? He's not in that, I don't think. He is. Isn't, uh, isn't that Bale? I, I think it's, yeah, I think it's Bale. But I mean, it just reminded me of that. What? Yeah. That's a random. That looks that, awesome. That could be I'm a one so that comes out of nowhere. It's just like, whoa, mm-hmm. what the? What the yeah. heck? I had yeah. not heard of that until today. Seriously, when I oh said really? Well, I've been waiting. Yeah. I love that book. Michael Lewis is the man. Mm. If you ever want to read good nonfiction, read any Michael Lewis ever. Um, it's Gosling, Brad Pitt, and Christian Bale. Yeah, yeah, and Steve Carell and Carell, Selena Gomez. So I'm in. We'll be at the premiere. <laughs> it looks like uh, yeah, the night the 2000s version of Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, Where, I mean, I know that took place, but I mean, yeah, it's about the. Uh, the second financial crisis. It's funny. Cool. Oh, bad. Rock the Casbah, 0%. Yeah, Come not on, doing Bill. Come on, Bill. Not doing well. What are you uh, doing, Bill? Not doing well. That's what he, you know, that's what he does. He's, he'll throw out he'll one it. stinker. It's Barry for Levinson, movie he's, in. he's a yeah. He's a accomplished director. You can't he can't say diner. no to that. Yeah. You can't, you can't say no to Barry. anybody for taking Barry Levinson gig. Right. Yeah. Man, what a disappointment. All right. Oh. Uh, Brian, where can we find you online? You can find me on the Twitter at BGill12. And uh, Richard, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Richard Barden or at richardbarden.com. Kent, if I were looking for you on the interwebs, besides, uh, you know, looking for you at wrestling events, where would I find you? <laughs> you would find me on Twitter at Kent Garrison and find our show on the internet at MAM underscore podcast. Where can we find you, Godwin, on the internet? Uh, you can follow find me on you. Twitter. As well, that's a GW Nadum. That's GWNEDUM. Sweet. Thank you. I'm going to follow, I'm going to follow you, God, when I enjoy co- conversing yeah. with you quite a bit. We've oh, hated thanks. every other listener we've had. <laughs> Just kidding. Kidding. I, I will say this, and this is true for this episode, it's true for all the others. I, I, uh, I'm a cynical person, and when we we decided yeah. to do this to kind of help fund the show, we were all nervous. Uh, I, <laughs> I was very nervous, and and without exception, you know what? I'll had- be honest. We we said it thinking nobody would ever give us their money. <laughs> right. Like yes. nobody Absolutely. would be dumb enough to give Honestly, us their money. Honestly, we put it on the show literally as a joke. Like, yeah, yeah you could, if you give us 100, 100, 125 bucks, you could be on the show. And then like people just started doing it, and I was like, oh, no, I'm going to have to talk. No to way. <laughs> yeah, we were um, all pretty nervous. Yeah. And then everyone without exception, especially Godwin, has been a complete delight. We enjoy. So this, of course, means the next person will be, you know, danger. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, Inside baseball, inside baseball. Yeah, that's a that's somebody that Brian. It's a long story, but uh, danger. Uh, no, but uh, so we've really enjoyed. So we'd love to have more of you on. Uh, was it was it worthwhile? Was it a fun experience for you, Godwin? Oh my, yeah, it was absolutely awesome. And yeah, I definitely am going to be coming back again for sure. I, You're welcome. I, I love your episodes for sure. Oh, definitely. well, that's see, that's why I ask because I love to be complimented. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Godwin. Yeah, which is weird. I should say, though, that is implied because if you gave money to us yeah. and then came on the show, we're like, but I don't really care for your podcast, that would be weird. <laughs> <laughs> but people seem to do that on iTunes. I've listened yeah. to 35 episodes. Right. Not yeah. for me. Give you a three star. <laughs> three stars. Yeah. 
We're yeah. too feminine. Yeah. <laughs> but also, a, but I also, like it, but no. Yeah. I hate these guys. I'm giving them three stars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Screw them. Three stars. Uh, but, man, thanks again for coming on. Yeah. It's been a blast. Really, man. We'll, we'll keep in touch, and uh, we will yeah. see you next time at the cinema. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged <laughs> But I don't know what to do With those tossed salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again Scrambled eggs all over my face they're making me ya-ya Your salad is rambling